I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You are listening to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. Let's get faster. Welcome to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast, the show that looks at iRacing from a hobbyist point of view. So we're not following a series and having a favourite driver, we're following our own progress. The real enemy is yourself and our mentor, our sensei in today's battle against poor lap times is Brad Philpott. How's it going, Brad? Hey, Spanners. It's going really well. It's a packed, busy iRacing week in lots of different areas. For those of us watching on the video, explain why your room is green. Yeah, so my room's green because there's loads of green LEDs around my rig. I've got one of those <laughs> things that you've seen advertised on um, on loads of different social media adverts, like a kind of tall uh-huh. lamp that goes in the corner, like a, it's like a straight line. That's green LED. And the reason it's green is because my sponsor's logo is neon green. Right. Um, all my streaming overlays have a neon green edge. And um, and it's kind of linked to the Nurburgring because I love the green hell. The and green, so that's why it's all green hell. I am tempted. I was tempted to get some of those LEDs that go behind your TV and like light up the wall behind your TV. But anytime yeah, I do anything like that, my wife yells at me. That's kind of what these are. They're kind of stuck around the rig, so you can't see the strips, but you can see the backlighting from them. Ah, see, this is the thing. I I'm so annoyed at you. I have a grievance. Can I air that grievance? Go for it. Oh, okay. So me and Uncle Steve, who uh, Uncle Steve does the Mist Apex video work and puts on those great uh, Mist Apex uh, F3 broadcasts, which we'll talk about today as well. Uh, we look at your videos that you've been making and they are just, they're effortlessly brilliant. And we're annoyed because I don't, we don't think that you know that you're good at producing videos. We get the impression that you think just anyone could do that. That's why we're annoyed. Oh, that's very, it's very kind of you. I'm trying to up the production values. And in fact, just before this show, I was starting my next track guide video. So yeah. um, that will be released later this week. Well, let's talk track guides second. And by the way, there's a comment in our live chat. Hello, live chat that says you've just opened yourself up to so much green screen potential. Please do take a screenshot of Brad. I'll put Brad as the big screen there. So do take your opportunity to take a screenshot and put Brad wherever you want. In the whole world. You've had some adventures. You've had radical adventures. And you've had VRS adventures. Let's talk about the VRS one first. Because we can name drop and say who you were racing against. Okay, so I think you're you're referring to the Virtual Le Mans series. Which I think think it's actually called Le Mans Virtual Series. Very confusing um, Ah. initialism. LMVS, I think. Okay, so I've made an error here. Because that actually isn't iRacing. It's our factor, but we can talk about that. So how did you feel being a traitor? Tell us all about it first, and we'll talk about the difference between the the softwares. Yeah, so I I did feel like, not a traitor, I felt like (laughs) an outsider just kind of trying something very different to what I'm used to. And I was invited to do this this Le Mans Virtual Series, which is the officially sanctioned uh, race series with big prize money for the teams at stake, with lots of real world teams and real world drivers in. And it was at Spa, at Spa, six hours. Um, and, and, and like you said, I had to download R Factor 2 and get, get used to a very different sim to what I'm used yeah. to. Um, and it didn't go very well. Um, and partly why it didn't go very well was because I didn't really get on with the feel of R Factor 2. Um, I haven't driven on that in a very long time, not since probably just after it was released or a couple of years after it was released. 
And I was hoping that they would have made big progress. We're all used to, in iRacing, lots of updates, constant updates, yeah. and actually quite a, a simplistic way of installing them. You try and enter a session. If you haven't got the right update, it prompts you to just download the correct thing. Once you've downloaded it, it just works. Yeah. R-Factor 2 is not like that. It is a minefield where they just leave you to your own devices and hope you happen to find the right files. So I think I think we, we as as obsessive iRacing people, we, we end up having a lot of complaints about iRacing and, and end up not kind of seeing the good things, which is the constant updates that are being pushed out. The fact that it is very much a service so you're being looked after, I think, and I think that's what keeps people in there and pay, and paying the sometimes like mind-numbing guilt-inducing, like the working-class guilt and the parent guilt of like, oh, I've got another seventeen-dollar track to just to do the the missed apex swarm. But that's that's I think that's part of the service that you get when when you first tried to indoctrinate me into sim racing. You did, I think you we weren't as ingrained in the iRacing world as we are now. You gave me three to try. One of them was R-Factor. One of them was Assetto Corsa, I think. And I remember R-Factor being hot garbage and hating it and going, this is ridiculous. This feels like nothing. Like, why is this any better than a just a, like, a, like a console game? And then as soon as I put on iRacing, I went, ah, okay. Now it feels like I'm in a sim. This is difficult. This is horrible. And But there was great competition. So... Was I wrong? <laughs> was I wrong there? I just, I mean, I did dismiss it very quickly. I think the first thing to point out is that this is not just an opportunity for us to slate a rival sim. Aw, um, I want to be tribal. In terms, Come on. In, ter- in terms of physics and the way the cars behave objectively, I'm almost going to leave that aside because okay. it really depends on... It depends on who has built those cars. It's not like iRacing where all the cars are produced in-house. They're, they're oh. kind of, there are different mods that are made by third parties. And depending on what it is you're downloading, you either have to pay for it or you don't. As it happens, I did have to pay about £40 for this Le Mans series okay. um, content. And the reason is, on R-Factor, R-Factor 2, I should specify, you cannot enter a session unless you have all of the content that everyone else in the session has in that session. So whereas in iRacing, if you want to race GT3s, they don't you, force you, you to buy yeah. all of the GT3s. Yeah. Whereas in, in R-Factor 2, in order to re- enter this Le Mans series thing, I had to have the track, obviously, and all of the cars that were in the in the track. And that then prompts you to buy packages of different cars. And it was a bit of a pain to get them installed. Anyway, yeah. the, thing that, the things that were most annoying were all the admin things. Um, all the non-driving things. It was the the user interface and how nothing seemed to be intuitive. Obviously, I'm used to a very different thing. Yes, of but course, there's that. Setting that aside, I think if you went at both of them from zero and you were presented with both sims completely green as a new as a newbie, you would understand how to make iRacing operate and yeah. customize it to your liking in a way that was just impossible on our factor two. Okay, but UI is one thing, and fair enough. You could probably get used to that in time. Let, let's talk uh, driving. So th- you're in a competitive environment with professional racing drivers and presumably some top sim guys as well. Uh, did, did you get the feeling that they were all our factor two people, or were there some immigrants like you? Yeah, I think the majority of people generally stick to or they generally specialize in in one of the sims um so i think most of the people in there certainly the guys on my team were r factor two people Mm. and and i was definitely like an outsider coming in purely because you needed to have an international um, racing licensed driver to enter Uh, so each team had a couple of sim pros and then one international driver. So, so there were people like yeah. Felix Rosenquist and you know and Le Mans series drivers in real life. So that's made you quite an asset in this COVID world, hasn't it? Because they can go to you and A, you have the international racing license and B, you're proficient on a, even by top standards, you're proficient on the Sims as well. So that, like you've, you know, you have been snapped up by teams for all these kind of events. Yeah, I've had a few opportunities to do cool stuff like this where where teams have to have a licensed mm. driver. And I've actually got another one coming up, the VCO Pro Sim, where I've just been seeded and, and picked up by another random team, um, which maybe we'll go into in another episode. But yeah, so it, I quite like mm. this concept because it gives me a chance to race in these big events where I'm actually not fast enough to race in them. If it was only the best Sim drivers available, I'm not one of those. And in fact, I'm kind of 
in the middle, maybe the top third of the pro drivers, but I'm not even one of the very fastest real world drivers. Some of the guys are blurring the lines between sim driver and real world driver. So I wonder, because obviously there's a lot of real world driving going back on last year where there was no or virtually no real world driving, you would get a lot of, you know, pro level GT single seater drivers doing that stuff. And they might not necessarily be guys who were enthusiastic but that's the only racing they could get so now we're kind of left with the pro drivers who also enjoy and value sim racing so the standard i guess of the pro drivers on average is is higher now i guess yeah i think you're right actually um that's that's a good observation Ah. and that's what i've seen so when i looked at the entry list of these real world drivers i was a little bit worried because you look at them and you're like ah don't actually recognize most of these names and that means they are probably also sim drivers rather than like a big real world name that's been poached just to have a go exactly uh, and yeah. you're, you're right in last year it would have been a lot more people that you probably heard of that might not have been quite as good on a sim quick diversion before we talk about your performance in this because we're talking about you know drivers that you might see mike stoner has been saying that uh, fernando alonso has been doing the formula v's quite a lot in um in i racing and uh and that's so fascinating like what Unless he's like letting like his kid or or his nephew have a go, like what do you think would draw an actual Formula One driver to be driving the rookie series Formula Vs? I don't know. Um, I think maybe <laughs> maybe he just sees value in competing yeah. in general. I don't know if that's really him. Maybe it is. Um, certainly, most well, of the real world accounts, drivers, as far as we can work out, that is him, and he just seems to enjoy doing the the Vs. The Vs are great, by the way. I've I, like I put the boy in them, and I've had a go in them. And just that, oh, we've talked about this before, but just the the fact that it is a single seater, the fact that it, it does help you kind of, you have to master dealing with understeer as well. I, I don't know. It's a good series. And I like the fact it's fixed as well. I, I'm definitely a big advocate for fixed at the moment. Mm. I'm not entering anything that isn't fixed yeah. because I love having the extra time to just practice and yeah. just try and get good. Yesterday, um, I entered a Legends Cup oval race. And I was really surprised it wasn't fixed. I just assumed it was fixed. So I was pottering around in the practice session. And then they started, all the Americans started talking about, oh, can you share us a setup? Share us a setup. I went, oh, it's not fixed. All right, I guess. So I went and I found the iRacing fixed setup for that track. I was using a different one, found a few more seconds, entered into third split out of eight, and then easily won. So I, I think I basically I'm a, an oval savant. You're good at iRacing now, aren't you, Spanners? You've really <laughs> progressed. You've, you've uh, had yeah. exploits of your own this week. I don't know whether you want to talk about that now or later, but but you're you're impressive. I'll take a, I'll take a note of that. I'll say Spanners exploits, and um, I think the standard in our series is very high. If I was to jump into the third split of say uh, the VRS GT3s, no way I'm walking away with that. But I jump into the Oval Legends, and I literally did walk away from it. A quick one. Uh, of people who we see, Rubens Barrichello and the Barrichello family, they pop in, don't they? You see them quite a lot. Uh, Mike Stoner, the motorcycle bikerist, pops into the F3 quite a bit. Not Mike Stoner. Casey, Casey Stoner? Stoner. It's because okay. there's Mike Stoner in the chat. So Casey Stoner, who is a good racer, I guess, but you know he's not like in the top, top splits. Uh, Jake Dennis, is he an yes. F2 driver? Uh, Jake Dennis, uh, uh, did he do F2? I'm not sure, but Jake mm. Dennis was almost Formula E champion uh, oh, this year. Right, yeah. um, I was just talking to him yesterday, actually. Jake oh. Dennis is in, is in our TeamSpeak. Um, uh, sorry, not TeamSpeak. That's old-fashioned. That's what they use on our Factor 2, by the way. Oh, wow. Discord. They're wow. on, on our Discord, Jake Dennis, and he's been doing some Radicals and some Formula yeah. Renault 3.5, and he's a, he's a good guy. And it's lovely hearing other real-world people's kind of um, problems and technical issues. He, I was messaging him today about... Um, getting his pedals calibrated properly and all the hydraulic problems he's having. And, <laughs> oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. And he is fast, like alien fast, yeah. like mega, yeah, mega, yeah. mega fast. Uh, he always pops in because I'm a freelance bum. I get time to jump on like the 11.15 officials in F3. And he's always there and he seems to always like just absolutely walk away with it. So that's good. And who yeah. else do we see on there? Grosjean used to pop on there quite a lot. But yeah, it is genuinely a really good place to kind of see, occasionally see real world drivers and i bet a lot of the names you see on there there'll be like gt drivers and and stuff like that and you just don't know and you just go why was that guy so good you go oh yeah because he like does it for money but you're not getting away with this 
How did your R-Factor experience in the end go? Spa, six hours. Presumably you won. So uh, there is rain in R-Factor 2. What? And and they issued a forecast before the event. And the forecast was for rain to come later in the event. And because the the pro sim drivers are a lot quicker generally than the the real world drivers in the rain on the sim, because there's obviously a real learn yeah. skill to to driving in the rain on the sim yep. how to make the most of it for example driving on the rubber is quicker which in my the only wet session i did nobody told me that so i was taking real life wet lines and getting left for dead only to be told oh no you're supposed to drive on the slippery bits there's more grip there but you which told makes, makes me no in karting to avoid the bits where the rubber go down in real life, yeah. Oh, right. um, so, so anyway, things like that. So the forecast was for rain later. So they put me out first when it was definitely dry. Um, the plan was to do two stints, um, which was roughly an hour and 45. Minimum mm. driving time was an hour for the real world pros. So um, I went out, did my first stint. The tyres got undrivably horrible towards the end. I was kind of like middle of the pack. I wasn't, wasn't doing terribly. Yeah. But the car got really difficult to drive and i could not feel what was going on it has a very weird technique on on this r factor 2 gt mod where you have to turn the wheel more when the car understeers which again i've heard this yeah of real life yeah and and i found that very alien and and i'll be honest in the end i spun and had a crash with a car head on um so 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 if you're washing out with understeer rather than opening up the steering to to get the wheels working again you have to just crank on more isn't that just isn't that easier isn't that- no, because you're you're driving against your natural instinct. So you're ah. feeling what the force feedback is telling you, where the limit of the grip is. And rather than holding it at that point and when it starts to go light, um, kind of just backing off slightly, you have to just push through it and just let it go light, which means you then can't feel what's happening. Mm-hmm. And all you can see is that the, the lap time delta is slightly improving but the r factor 2 lap time delta system is really rubbish so it's quite it's not really in doesn't feel like it's in real time and it's just a bit awkward and also what it means is when the car does snap and then goes from understeer to oversteer yeah. you've got way too much positive steering lock on and then you have to turn even further to remove that lock and it, it just makes it very very tricky so once the stuff once the tires start so you've to wound off. on more steering to get rid of the understeer then yeah. the back end goes out and then to yeah. save that snap you've then got to come all the way back to do yeah. that. Okay, that sounds frustrating. Do, do other people who are Factor fans, do they care about that? Or I do think this is specific to this mod. Mm-hmm. So this GT mod that they use for the Le Mans Virtual Series. So I think it's pretty specific to that. I don't think that's every car in R-Factor 2. Um, so I don't know. I can't comment. But it wasn't really for me. And I actually ended up only doing the one stint and saying mm-hmm. to my teammates... Guys, I'm having a terrible time. I'm going to lose you the race. Can someone else please just take over? And I'm, they did. I'm, and and the car didn't actually finish. I think they blew the engine. I'm not having fun. I'm not having a good time. I'm not having fun anymore. I don't, so would you do it again? Like if you got no. invited, you would just go, no. No. In fact, I, I was invited to a Nürburgring 24-hour R-Factor 2 event, which I'd um, tentatively agreed to. And after that race, I've, I've pulled out of that because I just, mm. I don't think I can use that program for that length of time um, because yeah. you have to sit and watch the you know the tv angles you know when we sit and we do an endurance race on on iRacing and you can watch the kind of replay screen live yeah and the cars look like they're behaving accurately and real the same screen on r factor 2 is a bit clunky difficult to use and the cars look like blocks of wood which don't have any suspension <laughs> travel okay. jerkily moving around the track so i just couldn't i couldn't do it so no i would say no Okay. Um, okay. So we can finish slagging off R Factor, but just to just to say to people who don't know, Brad is a class champion in the Nordschleife, what was used to be the VLN series, and uh, it was like the third or fourth tier. I can't remember, but you didn't just win it; like you were ridiculously miles ahead of everyone. Like you, you would be on pole by a day and stuff like that. So for Brad to turn down a Nordschleife event isn't like me turning a Nordschleife event down. I would turn it down because it's too long and impossible to learn and pointless i but i would just have a shorter track and just like this and just go round it more instead of disappearing for like eight, 18 miles or whatever it's a very silly track um f1 esports i know we're going a bit of uh, away from auto racing again but talking about the angles i'd not tuned into uh, the f1 esports before and i didn't realize they don't do cockpit view or you're not locked to cockpit view they can just mm. like do whatever view they want. And that is an important difference, isn't it? Like 
there is like we get locked down in the sim world and we want to do sims but there is a difference between sims and esports that will anger the field of view police won't it and yes yeah. there is a big difference between sims and esports which i also experienced this week because right. my teammates yeah. were trying to get me to change all my graphic settings to be absolute minimum now my computer is pretty powerful as you know and it could run yeah. it could run the graphics smoothly and i was happy with it but i was sent a little file by one of my teammates who is a, an esports guy rather than a like a real world race guy and and it basically turned everything down to the bare minimum yeah. no shadows yeah. everything looked horrible but he said yeah but i don't care what it looks like yeah. this will make your computer run flawlessly and you'll never ever have a problem with something stuttering and yeah. and for me it snapped me out of it and i couldn't drive i, I couldn't really yeah. even take it seriously but for him, he was like, nope, this is esports. We don't care what it looks like. Yep. It's not about looking pretty. It's about how you go the fastest. So a lot of like esports guys on like first-person shooters, for example, they will put a dot of toothpaste in the firing zone on their screen. Because if you put the enemy in that dot, when you pull the trigger, you'll fire bullets towards the enemy. But to me, that takes me out of the belief that I am. I am indeed in combat against the Covenant, you know, Halo. But so, yeah, for people like us, that is important. But there are esports guys who would happily just have a green outline on a black screen of the cars because they are just maximizing the the, the raw bit performance of it. Yeah. yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I try and have a balance. That's all. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to do something which was actually really harming my performance. Like, I wouldn't turn all the, the fans off in here and make it really hot and wear a race suit and make it <laughs> as real as possible and because yeah. that's how it would be in real yeah. life. There has to be some kind of balance, but yeah, it needs to look reasonable. Okay, would you, would you, uh, I'm going to give you two tenths, but you have to use the TV pod view instead of the cockpit view. Now that's interesting because I actually really like the TV pod view. I do, I like the TV pod view because it's like but, what you see on the telly. Yeah. Yes, but with triple screens or VR, it, it stops being anything like as necessary. On a yeah. single screen, I think it's almost crucial to have the TV pod view or it's certainly... Uh, uh, less of a disadvantage because you're effectively opening up your field of view, aren't you? You can yeah. then see what's next to you, see how fast things are traveling past. Whereas when you're locked to the cockpit view on a single screen, you're at a real disadvantage. One of the first things you said to me when I got VR, you said, move the driver height up so that I can see as much as I can going forward. The problem for me is that if I do that, you're absolutely right. You can see more, you can see what's going on. It's a better view, but it takes me out of it because I'm a short ass, because I'm five foot seven. If I'm suddenly like sat out of the cockpit, I go, that's not real. And uh, yeah, so I, I'll happily, hmm, I think I would give up a couple of tenths for that, for just okay. that alone. Interesting. I, I like being high because all uh, like the actual height, you know, you're know, you talking about your own realistic height in a real car, <laughs> yeah. but in real life, you've got a much clearer view anyway. So even if you're yeah. a bit lower, your your kind of, Depth, depth perception and how far you can see into the distance and with how much detail, even compared to a good VR headset, it's much better in real life. So I'm raising the driver up a bit just to make my general vision a bit more clear, yeah. which I think makes it a bit more realistic, even if the actual height is less realistic. So apparently Mercedes, the real Mercedes F1 team, are working with iRacing to do like a proper F1 car, like a modern F1 car. And so, A, do you know about that? Do you know yes. about that? Are you excited about that? I actually am. Yeah. I hope I hope they do a series where you don't have to change all the settings constantly like you would in real life. Because yeah, it's that might much. be a bit annoying. Uh, but for me, the thing is, well, obviously a halo. Like I, there should be an option to turn the halo off if you're not in VR, because that would be so annoying just having like underpants in your view. But in VR, you can kind of look to the side. You'll, you'll be leaning your head. I don't think in VR it would affect you as much. Yeah, that, that is actually a genuine worry. I was doing a track guide video just before we started recording here today. And I'm obviously on cockpit view in a Formula 3 car on these triple screens. Mm. And even then, as you've experienced at my house, that yeah. aerial in the front of the car, the move. communications yeah. aerial, yeah. it is kind of in the way sometimes. And you can't look past it. You can't, you can't focus beyond it because it's just not an option. You're not actually looking at a 3D image in front of you. So... Yeah, it's a worry. They may well make it slightly translucent or something. I'm not sure. Maybe they will give you the option to turn it off. Like you can turn the driver arms off. Mm. So why, you know, that's that's maybe unrealistic. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Kyle say Kyle Powers in our chat. Kyle Power from the F1 podcast. And I feel really bad because 
like I, I know he's got a life and he's busy anyway. But last week I was going to invite him. I really wanted to invite him to jump on with Alex. I, I just forgot. And then as we were setting up, I went, oh, I'd love to invite Kyle on. But I'd already set up like all the, the scenes, like the one with you and me and the one with you on your own. And, and the reason I didn't invite him was I would then have to redo the scenes. But he is uh, here in the live chat. And uh, Kyle says, I feel totally disconnected with anything other than cockpit view at a representative height. I agree. But I did want to talk about Kyle. Go on, carry on. Um, I've just seen Lerhand in our chat has just mentioned that there's already effectively a halo in the Indy car, which you can't yeah. turn off. Oh, so, yes. Good point. There we go. Yeah. Good point. I've I've just, um, yeah, I've learned how to pronounce his name for the first oh, time. Oh, go on. Lukash. It's a uh, year and a half okay. he's been in our community. I've been calling him Lucas for the longest time. But no, Lukash. There we go. I like learning how to say things properly. I'm very particular about pronunciations. But uh, yeah, I was speaking to Kyle earlier. Since he's in here, we'll talk about him. I, oh, you wanted to talk about some spanners, uh, 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 a renaissance, my, my, my climb up the, the, the missed apex grid. A lot of it has been down to Kyle. So VRS and uh, other what's-its are available. Using the VRS data system and Kyle being my teammate on there so I can look at all his data has been instrumental. I, I looked at our, our champ, uh, Danny Haney's trace. It's impossible. It's like a, a seesaw. Kyle has been the the one that I've looked at because he seems a bit Kyle, a bit more um, smooth. He tickles it into the corner, and uh, I've now got to the point where I don't need to look at his trace. I just need to think: if I'm losing time, what would Kyle's trace look like? And that that normally that normally gets me there. So there's a few things that have have kind of got my pace a little bit further. One was the solid rig. The solid rig was the absolute number one thing that took time off me. TSPC it, on the play seat suddenly put it on the the solid rig and I gained like a second instantly because you could just feel the understeer on the exit. And feeling the understeer on the exit means you can plant it. You going on about the F3 doesn't need throttle control. Yeah, it does when you're on like a desk clamp or a wibbly-wobbly play seat. But the second that it went onto a solid rig, that was the thing that was able to, to, to kind of get me on the power earlier. But this week on our F3 iRacing series round one of season five at Interlagos I came sixth Brad out of 45 people come on come on Uncle Brad tell me you're proud of me yeah I, I am actually really proud of you because it's a very very hard it is, yeah. series to do well in so that means did you then actually beat Kyle I I sorry Kyle yes I, I did beat Kyle Kyle came like eighth over. okay it's so a long, it's a long season but yeah there's no need to look at his data ever again. No. So that's <laughs> no. fine. He should look at my data. I'll keep exactly. it open. I'll keep it open. Uh, that series is competitive. Obviously, a lot of the fast guys didn't get three good results. They crashed out in one race out of the three or whatever. But I had three consistent results. I came ninth in the feature race and then fifth and then uh, uh, 11th, I think. So I had three solid results. I'm, I'm expecting like the faster guys to come and overtake me. But yeah. Yeah, not too bad. It was nice. I Last season, I was starting to get the pace. But what I wasn't able to do was avoid trouble, race with people. And then also the mindset of, oh, that guy beat me last season. That guy's faster than me. I should just let him through. That's one of the things I've been cutting out this season. It's like, no, I can fight those top guys. I will hold them up as long as I can. I will try and overtake them. And that's been a difficult mindset for me because I'm so used to just going, ah. Oh, Ah, I don't want to be any trouble. I'd be very interested to see how this translates into karting because it's been quite a while since yes, we've done a course, kart event. Yeah. You've done a lot of competitive sim racing since the last kart event. And and you were always, as, as you'd admit, you were mm. always slightly off in terms of like racecraft and aggression. And I think maybe you would see a bit of a difference now. I yeah. think you'd maybe just expect to be um, further. And it's easier. You know, karting will feel really easy now. Because compared you've got all to, the inputs. Yeah, you can yeah. feel more and you've not got to change gear and all that kind of thing. So, But it is amazing like when, you've, when you've got a core pace. I know you guys always get at me for racecraft, but when you don't have a, a, a core pace, it does feel like, oh, do you know what? There's an inevitability. They're going to get me anyway. Whereas at your level, and actually I'm experiencing it a little bit more with, a, with a, a better baseline pace, you go, okay, I can go racing. So when people say, oh, don't concentrate on an ultimate lap time, I go, no. That's easy to say when you're fast, but really for idiots at my level, getting that ultimate lap time gives me more options when it comes to racing. 
Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, I think you do need to concentrate on your your core lap time first, mm. and then yeah. the rest kind of I follows. Think so. Yeah, and and uh, so okay, so here we go. Let's talk about practice time. The reason I was that far up isn't because I was the sixth best driver. I have been nerding out, and when it comes to the map series, we announced it a week before. And I definitely did at least two race runs every day. It was like my lunch break thing. Or I'd be like, I'd say to my wife, I'd be like, oh, so uh, are you working tonight? Do you have like admin? Like what's, yeah, no, no reason. I mean, I, I could like watch a film or sit here and we could eat popcorn or whatever. And then as soon as she said, oh, no, I'm working tonight. I go, oh, well, oh, damn. I mean, I guess I could go and do another hundred laps of Interlagos. Like I practiced my butt off. And I kind of feel guilty because I know the difference between where I started and where all the practice took me. And I, I definitely went up the field by doing a, a thousand laps, metaphorically. And not everyone can, can do that with their schedules. So I was in a privileged position. What do you think, from a race organizer point of view, should I take away my advantage to go and to do all those laps? Do we want to reward core talent or how much someone is willing to get dialed into an event? So I've been I've been thinking about this because I heard you mention it on yeah. the on the F1 podcast as well. Yeah, I feel and like I've cheated. So think of it this way: How many thousands of laps did all of those other people, or mm. a lot of those other people, do before you ever even started sim racing? How many laps have I done karting, real life racing, sim racing before you ever sat in a sim rig? True. You, it would be massively unfair to at this point limit your practice on any individual track or just in general, just because in, in that next round, maybe someone else hasn't done as many laps. I'd say that's, you've got to take the advantages where you can get them and you will never be able to normalize, um, you know, give everyone equal practice time. You can't, when you look at formula one drivers, I'm sure a lot of those drivers have had vastly more opportunity than other people may have done but maybe other people can make the most of the practice they have done, but everyone's just got to make the most of what is available to them. Um, and that's what I'd be doing in, in your case. And even at, even with my experience level, I would also be doing hundreds of laps of practice for any event if I could get away with it. Yeah, so, so part of any event is how much do you care? How much do you want to put into it? Like you'll get in what you get out. But my thinking is, like I feel like I've gamed it, and I, and I have in a way because, you know, I've sat, listening to people people put up extra practice sessions and i went on board and i watched the lines they took and i went oh that's a better line than me it took me that whole week to find my best way around the track whereas you would have gotten there and you would have got closer to your ultimate lap quicker because you know even on a track in a car you'd never done before you would work out the way to get around that track you know, is that part of the challenge? It Finding- entirely depends. Yeah. It depends on what you're judging it on. It depends on what you value as, are you looking to see who is the best driver at this track today, mm. right now, throwing them at the deep end? Or are you, are you looking to see That's what I'm who, asking. who can be the best ultimately? <laughs> yeah. And it, th- there's no answer because there is no restriction on practice in the real world either, except your budget and your time. And there are no two drivers in any race series who have had an equal amount of practice. It just, that isn't, maybe at that event, yeah. maybe everyone's had one hour of free practice in the morning, but that doesn't tell the full story in the slightest. Some of those drivers will have had dads who have paid for them to drive at sure. a different track two days before in the same car to get up to speed. Other drivers will have done a track day at that track, maybe in a slightly different car. And it's the same in sim racing. You've just got to, you cannot police it. So it almost has to be unrestricted. And by doing things, like I know you're thinking of only announcing the track late and that yeah, kind of thing. Like to try a day before. Restrict yeah. the practice. That's only going to help the people who have already had the benefit of more experience. I would love, if I was racing in that series, I would love for you to not announce the track until one minute before (laughs) qualifying because I really back myself to get up to speed really quickly. It's something that I love in real life, something that I love in karting and car racing, but that would massively hamper anyone who does need a bit more practice. So it just wouldn't be fun. Yes, it would definitely, you're right. It would be less fun. I enjoyed all that practice. I really loved it. And we do lay on, practice sessions if we'd have done it the way you just said that would suit you i.e just 
get thrown in. There's an hour's practice beforehand and then crack on. You know, I think I would have not been sixth. I would have been more. I would have been fighting to be in the teens. And and it, that would still have been fun. I'd have had that level of competition, you know, and I would have still have been gone away from it very satisfied. So uh, what I think you're saying is, Spanners, it's okay. Whilst you've got that daytime free and your wife is working in the evening anyway and uh, you can go and practice, go and do that. So I will now announce the next tracks right now so that I can do 10,000 laps instead of 1,000 laps. I feel like yes. I feel like trying to restrict how many laps people are going to get at a given track beforehand really <gasps> only advantages the people who are really good. Kyle, anyway, Kyle said he would love a blind race. Why don't we have why don't we pick one round as the blind race round where it only gets announced on the night? Uh, the other problem you have with that though is mm. Lots of people will know that track better than other people in the first place. So yeah, you'd have to yeah. announce a track that nobody would have been to or is very unlikely to go to. Because um, even that's tricky, isn't it? Mm, that is interesting. Like, and that's what happens in our fun race that we do at the end of the event, which this week we just did. Um, I can't remember what car it was now. Uh, Spec Racer Ford, I think, on an oval. And like every, it was a great equaliser. I came second, by the way. That's very good. <laughs> but yeah, you, it's it's... Yeah. It's a real tricky thing. I don't know what the right answer is, but my feeling is that the more practice available, the more that will close the field up. Mm. Some people won't be able to do as much practice as others. That's kind of just unlucky, but ultimately you're just going to give an advantage to the people who are just naturally quicker if you restrict the practice too much. We so, switched to fix setups this season. That's closed the pack up, by the way. Not going to mention any names. That has closed the pack up. I'm an advocate for that. Found a few buggers out. That, has, that one has. Jeez. You aren't racing. No. In our series. I understand. I'm, I'm going to say, I understand you not racing in this series. You are, you are in a very, uh, you're in a unique spot for someone who is involved in our project, who in a perfect world, you would love to come and race with us. You are used to much a different standard of racing. And I do feel bad. Like, yeah, you win a race, we put you in 20th. You you squeeze someone in a way that a professional racing driver would, like me, and you squeeze me on the inside, I don't respond well, I hit a curb, I wipe you out. I, I understand frustrations that you would have racing at our level. We have found, I think, your perfect role within the F3 series. You did an absolutely amazing job on Friday as our live race steward. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to commit to doing it every time, but we've proved the concept. It's something I've wanted for a long time. Having a live race steward was incredible. People could press the button, say race control, and you'd say, yeah, go ahead. They would report the lap and the where on track, and then you would make a, a pretty immediate decision, an issue. I only gave you the tools of a five-second penalty as the maximum penalty, or you could defer it till afterwards. But wow, having an in-race steward changed the complexion because people suddenly thought, oh my God, teacher's watching. People were so well behaved. I had someone run wide of turn four into Lagos, run wide, gained an advantage where I would have a run at them normally. And they they slowed up. They checked up to make sure they didn't get an advantage. And that would not have happened without an in-race steward. Yeah. So this was, this was really interesting. Was so first of all, I just want to clarify that I am definitely not too fast to race in the Missed Apex series or anything like that. Danny is every bit as quick as me and so are some of the other guys. For whatever reason, I just, every time I've tried, stuff happens which makes me cross and I'll be <laughs> at the sharp end and then I'll end up in incidents which, for, for whatever reason, I, I just don't, I don't get involved in another series. I went through a whole radical season this year, never had a single DNF or bad finish. Yeah. So this different role was, was tempting because it kind of took <laughs> the pressure off of of having to have a, have fun and by having a good result. Brad, I, you do not have to defend that decision. The, the, one of the worst feelings I've had organising a karting event was watching Alex Van... Uh, not Alex Van Jean, sorry. Alex Brundle getting taken out, like, in all three races at Rye House by people who just didn't understand racing as well as Alex Brundle. And I was like, oh, God. So I get it. You do not have to defend that at all. But the stewarding was a chef's kiss. Yeah, so so this was obviously a bit of a a first stab at it. Yeah. So I set I set my live stream up and I I got my live chat in there to try and help me out and they were really really useful because stuff was happening at such a pace that it was quite difficult to 
to keep on top of everything. And although I had a notepad open on the screen, there wasn't time to, to, to type, type up down. any notes about incidents because you, you effectively needed to investigate straight away because of the way it was, everything was moving so fast. And also I was having some laps where the replay just wouldn't show. Yeah. And so I didn't want to miss out. I don't know why that was. I set all the cars to be on mm. and all that kind of thing, but whatever. I just wanted to basically check immediately so that I could give a decision promptly. But what that did mean is occasionally when they queued up and there were two or three <laughs> that, that came in one after another, which I totally understand. People need to radio in when it happens. Um, I was having to try and rely on my live stream to tell me who I'd missed. And they were very, very useful for that. Um, but you're right. It seemed to be really clean at first. I was watching the first race thinking, oh, I'm not going to give out any penalties here until Matt Trumpets appeared. <laughs> Matt got the first penalty. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. I mean, and it was a fairly innocent, oh, I didn't realise you were there and you understood into him. Yeah. Yeah. Matt's even private messaged me to say, look, I didn't, I didn't do that on purpose. Ooh, I wasn't yeah, trying to be reckless. Yeah. And of course, I, and, I, and I didn't, I wouldn't have said that anyway, but I was just trying to, I was trying to be as objective about it as possible. And, and I said to you before, is there any way that we can make this so that all I see is white cars with white yeah. helmets crashing into each other and I don't see the consequences and I don't know who they are, but it's not really possible. It's quite No, it's quite and I know you had a fear about being accused of, of bias. And so part of my brief was, look, if you get a chance to issue a warning or ping any of the Missed Apex crew, don't even hesitate. Like, just go for it. Like, be trigger happy giving me a penalty if you feel I deserve one. Because, yeah, the, there was there was a, 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 a fear or a possibility that people would go, ah, Brad's a right turnip. He gave me a five-second penalty. I have to say, everyone you issued a penalty to has gone, yep, fair cop. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be a turnip, but I ended up ruining that person's race. Yeah, so we just had a, a um, comment from Jose. Yeah. I think that's how I said in, in the chat saying he would have liked to have seen a few more incidents to be investigated after the race. And and probably in, in hindsight, there were a few that were bigger incidents than I was able to give a penalty for. I wasn't really thinking clearly about that at the time. I was trying to clear everything up in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I didn't want to be too draconian about it either. And I also <laughs> didn't want to give other people extra work to sift through replays and, and look back. It may well be a case of, it might be nice to have slightly bigger powers to issue a penalty, which is a bit more meaningful. Because yes. a couple of people got five-second penalties where, in reality, they probably deserved more. Like, yeah, but there it, was one, one person who we won't name, uh, you know, caused like a 12-car pileup. <laughs> yeah, and, and never through malice. You know, and no, I've had a few people say, oh, but they didn't, in, even in my chat on my yeah. live stream, people were saying, oh, but they, they didn't do that on purpose. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't really matter. It's the fact that it happened and someone was predominantly to blame and so it has to be penalised to discourage it, to discourage people from being that careless. It was generally careless stuff yeah. or, or lack of awareness. And there were a couple which were kind of 50-50. And my favourite ones were the incidents where someone would radio in to get a different driver penalised. And then when you watched the replay, it was entirely their fault. Mm. And they caused their own crash. So, um, yeah, that was good. And we will limit the amount because there was a couple of people that were like every five minutes, like race control, race control. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I think as a proof of concept, it really worked. But it's something you can only do when you've got a lot of people involved uh, and you've got a lot of resource. So I hope we can continue it. I think um, I think people have agreed that it did change their mindset. But this is something I've been trying to do for the longest time when organising these events is how how do we get people to not treat it like an Xbox lobby? My, I issue a driver brief before every race. And the one concept I've, I've tried to push, I don't know successfully or not, is being a good sim citizen so we don't currently have the the ability to like do a cattle prod every time you make contact but i'm trying to get across this thing of like hitting someone is bad there are the the safety rating thing and the incident points yeah that is a disincentive but i would like some kind of societal pressure so like put look at that lad who uh ended up taking the leader out the championship leader out in dtm yeah and look at the stick he's got online my goodness like i'm not saying that's good that's you know, it's probably bordering, you know, uh, you know, not even bordering. There was a lot of abuse and harassment online and he had a really heartfelt kind of thing afterwards going, oh, my God, like, I was not ready. I was not prepared for this level of abuse. We I'm not saying we need to abuse everyone who does everything wrong, but the sim world does lack that real world accountability where if you do something super dumb, people are going to go, hey, dumbass, what was that? 
Yeah, it does go mm. to show you. This event went to show me that despite the inbuilt, um, the inbuilt systems to discourage people from getting stuff wrong, mm. like the like having a, a limit of X's, you know, yeah. how many times you can run wide or make contact with people, like the damage that, you know, you can break your own car by breaking someone else's car um, or by running off the track or whatever. Despite those things, there's there's not necessarily enough to persuade you to be, like you yeah. say, a really good sim citizen. And especially in a league race like this, where there's no um, I rating at stake and there's no real safety rating at stake. So... I think it, it was good to have that. I don't know whether I'll be available for all the races. I I'd certainly would come back and do it again if I was available because despite it being pretty hectic and there was quite a bit of swearing going on. My, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for goodness sake, so-and-so has messaged me again. I'm in the middle of something. But um, I, I enjoyed it. It was good fun. Um, and I, it's certainly a side of motorsport, mm. not not just sim racing, a side of motorsport in general I've never been involved with nah. and and tried to stay away with, uh, stay away from historically, but... No, but from you personally, and this is like a personal thing, like you, you, you are a great racing driver, but also like you're getting, I mean, you're getting old now. Let's be honest. How old are you? 35? My goodness. My goodness. Your, your peak is a dot in the background right now. But you, you are such an authority figure in, in racing. To me, in our world, in Miss Apex, you're, you're a real authority figure from driving. And, and the fact that you could, you are now putting out a lot of track guides you know, cements that. But for you to actually sit there as like everybody's dad, as the driver steward, it really did feel. It felt like, yeah, yeah, Brad's in charge. Brad's Brad's running this, and and you carried that authority really well. You were very calm on the comms, and and everybody respected you. I think you know you have that position in the mixed apex community anyway. It was a perfect fit. I really enjoyed seeing you in that role. That's all. Let's see if we can. Um... Get the next one in the schedule. I'll tell you one <laughs> yeah. one final thing, which was it, we didn't really discuss it like this beforehand. I was supposed to really talk to people on the on the comms mm. to issue the penalties. Generally, I, I issued it as a as a message, as a pink text message at the top of the screen. I quite liked that because it was a little bit less. There was no option to kind of have a, a back and forth argument no, or anything no. like that. It was just this is the outcome. Um, you know, although yeah. some people probably should have argued back, like Tim Ellis, where I gave him a penalty because I misread him. his number. No, no, no. And, and then, <laughs> and then in the race, I, I told someone ahead of me. I told uh, Alex Julesmore. I said, "Right, don't fight Tim because he's got a five-second penalty." And Tim went, "What? Why have I got a penalty? I, I didn't touch anyone." And it turned out to be that was your only mistake. To be fair, yeah, and that's that's a bit in a big part because I don't know what the who's in each yeah. car and what the liveries are. If you did every race, despite there being a lot of cars you generally get to know the the main protagonists and what their cars look like and what their helmets look like. So I was definitely lacking that. And I was trying very hard to cross-reference the numbers on the cars oh, and that kind of thing. I know. Look, I, I, you know, I'm a freelancer and I've been like dragged into a series. Can you come, can you fill in and commentate on this series? And it's like round seven of 20 and you jump in and they're all in identical rental carts and everybody's bought the same Sparco blinking race, race suit. And you go, oh. I guess the guy in the black with the white and red trim, I guess that guy's winning now. So, yeah, that, that is something that comes from being a regular on a series. Brad, we had loads of topics lined up today. Are you free next Monday? I would like to line you up. I would like to basically do part two of what we planned today because we didn't, we didn't get through any of it, basically. I'm going to be at the Goodyear Test Circuit in Luxembourg next Monday, unfortunately, flat out round doing some tyre testing. I, I, if the audio quality is good enough in my <laughs> hotel room, yeah, I'm, I'd be more than happy to do it. Maybe we'll do a trial um, yeah. that evening. I'll have Wi-Fi, certainly. I just won't have a decent microphone like this, that's all. But you won't be green, I mean, so... Nope, I yeah. won't be green. I won't be green. Okay, brilliant. Bradley Philpott, go and check out his track guide for Laguna Seca right now. That's the official track in the F3 series. Search for Bradley Philpott on YouTube and I will... Oh, you sent me a link, so that's fine. I'll put a link in the show notes of this, but only in yep. the audio version. I, honestly, YouTube is witchcraft and I don't know how to use it. The only reason the the Missed Apex YouTube has links is because Matt and Steve helped me. I'm on my own here. So, I mean, you can personally email me and I'll send you Brad's link, spanners at mistapex.net. Uh, apart from that, anything else to plug? Um, I was just going to say, YouTube Analytics tells me that most people find my guide videos by typing in iRacing Formula 3, then the name of the track, and then the word guide, and that nice. seems to be how people find it. But yeah, um, anything else to plug? Not really. No, I'm really just promoting that YouTube channel at the moment. Trying to trying to become a, 
a really well-known track guide builder. And in fact, I'm in the middle of building one right now. They're going to get better and better until they plateau. So any any kind of different features mm. anyone wants in a track guide, just send me a message or comment on a video. We're out of time, but because I've got to be on Simon Dan's podcast. Did you get an invite to be on Simon Dan's podcast? No, but I will be listening to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about Squid Game and uh, Back to the Future. And I get to be Looking on a science quiz as well. But yeah, we'll talk about your track guides because you've pitched it nearly exactly perfectly for me to jump into a track. We'll get into that next time you come on. Presumably from a hotel in, what'd you say, Austria? L- Luxembourg. Oh, excellent. That sounds fun. Follow me. I'm the best one. At Spanners Ready, we are at iRacing Podcast still on Twitter. No one's taken that away from us. Unbelievable. Until we see you next time from a hotel in Luxembourg. Work hard, be kind, and have fun. This was Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. Did you, did, you, did you see, Brad? Do you think anyone could tell that I had to rush to get all those words in before the piow? It's seamless. Yeah. I, I, I poured myself a little rum and coke before the show. And I just, I think I've I made it a bit rum heavy. And then about 35 minutes in, I went, whew, that's it. That's it, the spot that. <laughs> That's it, so, so I, I was on um, uh, a skinny latte, so I was, uh, I was fully on the ball. But I'm, yeah. I'm trying to remember what topics we didn't quite get to, so I can think about them over the next week. There's the 12-hour Missed Apex. Hour, yeah, Chad, but we, we're having a meet, our meeting tomorrow for that. We're having yep. our Zoom meeting about that. But we were going to decide in advance. You and me, had, had we were going to fix the meeting by deciding everything in advance. Now we can't do yep. that. We're out of time. I, did, I didn't get to talk about how I came second in the Apex Racing League Radical Championship. We having missed no. the first round that was no. a glorious final race and we didn't get to go into people's different learning inputs yes so we've got those okay. three completely uh, to start with and the iRacing podcast will stop you just getting completely mullered in some Luxembourgian hotel yeah because uh, like, I'll oh. be on the rum I'll be on the rum next week oh, okay Good. let's oh, do yeah. it from the bar there'll be a lot of background noise planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.